Well, welcome back to the podcast. We've got another episode of Digital Discussions Unfiltered. And honestly, today's episode was so much fun to record. So today I'm talking to the lovely Stacey McDonald, who is the absolute goddess of all things storytelling and how storytelling can really help your business and take people from being absolute strangers all the way through to purchasing from you because you know we always talk about people buy from people and in this episode Stacy shares some real life examples of ways that you can kind of create stories we get kind of really down to the nitty-gritty of being vulnerable opening up and just being a real human being and so honestly I had the most fun recording this episode and I feel like I've learned so much from it that I'm now going to go away and actually do some work on some of the stories of my own. I honestly can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, I will not talk anymore. If you give this episode a listen and you absolutely love it, don't forget to leave me a review in the Apple Podcast store, share it on socials, um, tag me in it, and I will be sure to share them everywhere. So yeah, without further ado, here's my conversation with Stacey. Okay. Hello, lovely Stacey. How are you? Good afternoon, missus. I am enjoying some beautiful sunshine here in the Hebrides, which is a blessing because it's normally chucking it down. I mean, I'm glad you've got sunshine. We've got absolute torrential rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. We normally get we normally get the rain when everybody else is basking in sun. Of course, of course. Um, So before we jump into our conversation, as with every guest, I like my guests to give a bit of an overview as to who they are as a human, and I like to challenge them to do it in 30 seconds or less. And if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a small donation of at least £5 to the charity Mind. Do you think you're up for the challenge? I will certainly take the challenge and I've got the Mind website ready to donate because (laughs) I can talk for England. So, yeah, I'll have a go. But I I warn you now, 30 seconds is only a very little amount of time. (laughs) Okay, well, here we go. All right, I've got my stopwatch. So, ready? Go. Hi, I'm Stacey. I am mum to a 19-year-old brilliant girl. I live in the Outer Hebrides. I have a husband. I have two dogs, two cats, and around about 17 sheep. I tell stories for a living. I am passionate about making sure that people know how to tell a story and use it in their business. I love to bake. I hate baked beans. And I used to swim for Scotland. There you go. Little little fact. That's me. Wowzers, you were so close. You did it in 31 seconds. <laughs> I will so pay my nice. dues. Oh, bless you. <laughs> 17 sheep. Yes. Nuts. <laughs> if you'd have asked me in April, we would have had around about 30 because oh we, we had lots of lambs arriving in April. Oh, I bet that's so cute. Messy, but cute. Yeah, there's the there's sheep and I don't see eye to eye, I'm afraid. <laughs> so whilst I like to look at them out the window, I am usually on bacon butties and cups of tea duty when there's any sheep stuff to be done. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you on that one to be fair. <laughs> also, very nice to know that you don't like baked beans. Neither do I, and people think I'm weird. I am so glad to have met someone that agrees with me. They are the Mm. devil's food. They are awful. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. 100% agreed. (laughs) Um, Love it. That was such a good intro. And I was expecting you to go on for like two or three minutes, you saying that you could just talk forever. Love it. That was really good. Okay, cool. So one of the reasons why I wanted to get Stacey on here is because Stacey is the goddess of storytelling. And I think we can all probably agree that storytelling has to be a big part of small businesses nowadays. It makes sense. It helps. And I'll be honest, it's one of the things that I kind of struggle with sometimes. There are days when I feel like I'm all right about it. And, you know, I'm, I kind of have a clear kind of 
this is a story, whether it's my story or a client's story or whatever. But I guess my first question for you, Stacey, is what is storytelling, especially kind of in a business sense? Okay, that is a good place to start. Um, I will say, first off, you are the same as every other person I speak to. Everybody thinks they get it and they, they, they would go and have a shot and then they'd come running and going, Stacey, what do you do next? Storytelling is <laughs> about taking your, for business, taking your audience member, the person who is watching what you are doing, whether that's somebody on your Instagram platform, whether that's somebody who reads your blogs or watches your YouTubes or listens to your blogs, you're, you're taking them on a journey and you're taking them on a journey that gets them closer to buying something of yours. So everybody starts off as a stranger and then along the way, they pick up information about who you are, what makes you tick, what you like, what you don't like, what you stand for, what are your, what are your values, what, where's your mission statement in the world? All of this type of information, we need to know before we agree to spend money with somebody. Now, that information can be sort of expressed very quickly. You make a very quick decision that you know somebody, you like them, you trust them, you're going to spend money. And in other instances, that can take a long period of time. And storytelling is a vehicle in which you can get your business and your values out there in the world in such a way that you're going to connect with the person you want to buy your product. So it's, it's, a, it's a tool, it's a means to an end, it's a way of speaking and communicating with your audience that's gonna really connect with them so that they want to know more. It's gonna connect with them on a level that means they get to know you enough to want to see more of your stuff. So I use storytelling with my clients a lot of the time. It doesn't have to be your deepest, darkest, darkest secrets coming out of the closet. We, we're, we're not talking about hanging out dirty washing for everybody to see. <laughs> but what we're talking about is adding a little bit of you into what you put out there in the world as a business. And so many people are scared of it. So many people are frightened to open up the door a little bit on their life. Um, but I promise the minute you do, the minute you just just a tiny little glimpse of real human life, you will have huge impacts for your business. And there's one reason for that. That reason is, is that humans buy from humans. People buy 100%. from people. We yeah, don't buy definitely. from the firm. We don't buy from the business. We don't buy from the the glossy advert, we buy from a human being. So even when you go to Tesco's, you might be buying from the Tesco's conglomerate, but I bet you have a conversation with the checkout lady and you, you'll ask her how her day's gone or she's gonna ask you, what does what's the weather doing outside? I've been stuck in this box all day. So you're gonna have a conversation with somebody when you buy something, even on that very basic level. And that's what storytelling's about. It's about having conversations with your audience, i.e. your potential customers, and it's persuading them that you're a nice person, you're a good human, and they want to spend money with you. I absolutely love that explanation of storytelling because it is just about... I wrote down, so I told you I had a notepad and pen before we hit record... And I wrote down, it's a tool, speaking, communication, vulnerability, and humanize. <laughs> you, and it, you've hit it. You've hit, you've, hit, you've hit it on the nail. That's it. Yeah, it's just about being a human, isn't it? Because I think, I think I've got, personally, I've been through this as well. And I know quite a few people have. Everybody's kind of got wrapped up in this social media world and trying to portray this perfect picture that that isn't real and yet actually every time I post something that even feels remotely scary to press publish on that I'm like oh that's really like that's I feel really vulnerable if I'm gonna do that 
every time I publish that, I get more positive feedback and more inquiries to my business because I'm human. You've hit the nail on the head. That is what I teach my clients day in, day out, is if you try and put yourself up on a pedestal and be this glossy, shiny, perfect business, then people just don't really know who you are, what you stand for, or why you do what you do. But actually, the minute you open the door and you say, I I was a little bit down today, I made a mistake, I tripped over, or whatever it is, that, that real life stuff that happens to us all, you are going to connect so much better with your audience because they're going to see a little bit of themselves in you. Yeah. They're going to go, ah, she's she's human. She she feels a bit sad too. Oh, look, she's got two feet, two left feet like I have. So you're, <laughs> you're making those connections with people, and that there is that there's a massive part of emotions that that come into storytelling. Number one, but also that sort of buying journey when when as consumers when we go on a journey to buy something there there's there's facts and figures out there that prove we buy on emotions first we don't buy on the logic yeah, 100% we buy what we want not what we need exactly yeah. we do and we buy we buy on that emotional feeling so storytelling is about tapping into the emotions that you're potential customer might be feeling and then unpacking them a little bit in a story so for example i was working with somebody today and we were we were trying to unpack a story around how she's a business strategist she thinks that um her customers and clients potential customers and clients are people who are maybe feeling a bit frustrated and a little bit sort of stuck on a hamster wheel of life and they're not seeing the results that they want so I was trying to explain to her, I'm like, so what feelings have they got? And she's like, oh, they probably feel frustrated or they feel alone or they feel a little bit anxious. And I'm like, that's the type of emotion you want to talk to when you write a post. So she was like, well, that kind of happened to me when my aunt died. And I'm like, okay, well, there you go. That's how you can bring a real bit of life, your life, open the door a little bit and use it for a purpose to show your audience member that you can feel their emotion. That's such a good point. And I think actually, uh, although I, you know, I personally, we've, we've talked quite a lot over Instagram and stuff. Um, I think you kind of explaining it in that way. And I know it's your job, but actually thinking about the types of content that you post, that now becomes very apparent because obviously you, you go into a lot of your story, which although I personally not, might not be able to relate to it, in terms of kind of your husband and and whatever else um it there are elements that I can relate to it and I think that's all it is isn't it when you're saying just a kind of talk to that emotion that they have once you've identified what that emotion is it's it's then just becoming relatable isn't it because all of a sudden actually if if that person feels like that then I'm not weird I'm not you know there's nothing wrong with me and actually that person gets me And so I'm more likely to to work with that person. And it is all about that connection. It's all about drawing alongside somebody and saying, I've had the similar emotion and it happened in this way for me, but I still felt that emotion. And you can unpack the emotions for people, even if your experiences are totally different or poles apart. But the emotions, the, the sort of the loneliness, the hurt, the upset, the feeling rubbish, all of those types of emotions we go through on a, on a near on weekly basis as, as humans on this planet. So being able to sort of say to people, I get you, I understand, I hear you. And look, this is how I dealt with it. Or look, this is this is how I made a success of something. And, and that's how you can bring storytelling into your business without being that laying everything on the line type of person. And, and that, that comes down to having your own personal boundaries. You have to figure out how wide do you want to open the door of your life? How, how much of yourself do you want to put out there on social media or in, in traditional media, or on a blog? How much of the real you 
do you show people? And it's one of the fundamentals of figuring out stories is you've, you must set your own personal boundaries. And you've touched on it there. I, I made a decision a long time ago that I would 100% talk about my first husband and recount memories and tell the story and be very much present in that situation. And that's my choice. I'm comfortable and happy and confident that I can give across what I need to by showing those types of things. But that might not be right for somebody else. Somebody else might not want to go and unpack that painful time in their life. They might not want to go and, and sort of talk about an old boss or an old company or a job they used to do. Or it might be a family situation that you know is just off limits for social media. And that's absolutely fine. Part of telling your story is knowing where your own boundaries are and then never crossing them. You cannot compare yourself to other people. And that's the thing that gets a lot of my clients sort of get, gets their knickers in a twist because they, they see me being honest and open and, and showing parts of my life. They see other people on social media talking about kids and family and everything else. And then they go, oh, I'm not really comfortable with that. And that's absolutely fine. You have to set your own boundaries before you start. And then you can go up to your boundary confident that you're not you're not compromising yourself. You're not hurting yourself. You're not opening yourself up to any of those difficult conversations with family members or anything like that. You're, yeah. you're, you're pushing what you need to, but you're protecting yourself as well. And it's, it's a piece of work I do with every client I work with. And it's a case of you need to set those boundaries first. Don't think about the boundaries down the line do them first, figure out what you will and what you won't talk about. And I'll give you a really top tip for doing that. Um, and it, it relates back to just pull out your CV, pull out that CV that whether it be a CV in your head or a physical CV, and then just sit with two highlighter pens and, and work out which time of my life will I talk about? What, what bits of my life am I happy? Where can I draw some experiences from? Am I, am I good to talk about that company, that job, that person, school, college, university, or are there problems there? Are there barriers? Are there, are there, hurtful, are there hurtful times? Are, they, are there times when you really felt uncomfortable in the situation? So just mark your CV in two colors and it'll give you a really quick idea of what, where you can go for stories and where you know you're not going to touch. That's so good. I would never have thought of that. And I was literally, I think one of the questions I wrote down before we hit record was how do you know what to share and what not to share? And I think like with the world that we're living in at the minute, I think there's a lot going on around boundaries and people are having to be more aware of what their boundaries are and having to be more conscious of them. And that's a really good, that is a really, really good tip actually, like highlighting your CV because... I guess I get the next question would be obviously we've picked up on the fact that you share a lot of personal stories because I know your background's in corporate mine as well but if let's say for example somebody's listening to this and they don't have a lot of experience maybe they kind of they've had one or two jobs or maybe they've come straight out of uni how do you I like the idea of highlighting a CV but let's say for argument's sake they don't have much of a CV how do you pinpoint your boundaries or how do you highlight what you are willing to talk about and what you're not willing to talk about from your personal stories? I think you have to very much rely on your gut instinct. That bit inside you that makes you squirm when you, you <laughs> get to a subject that you, your toes curl up and you go, Ooh, uh, I don't want to talk about that. And it could be anything. It could be anything. I, I, I'm I'm not a massive fan of sort of talking about like keeping mementos and things like that. So photographs or kids, ch children's pictures or first hair or first booties and things like that. And whenever that conversation comes up, it really makes my kind of toes curl. And, and I go, well, <laughs> do you know what? None of that's really important to me. So 
that's a really good sign that that's a boundary in your life. If it makes you feel uncomfortable talking about that subject, it's probably a boundary that you don't want to cross. So even for people who don't have a CV or who, who are just starting out, there will be topics of discussion that you naturally want to shy away from. When you're with your family, when you're with your friends, you probably go, yeah, I'm going to shut down that conversation and change the subject. We're going to go on to something else. So those are probably the things that you want to steer away from unless you're willing to be pushed into that uncomfortable position. And I'm a huge yeah. believer that as humans, we probably all need a little bit of a push every now and again. Yeah. We probably do need to dip our toes into the stuff that make us feel a bit uncomfortable. But you can only do that on your terms and never let anybody push you into that corner. But I think the, the other thing is the, the question I get asked most of the time is, well, I don't have anything to talk about. I've, I've, <laughs> I've led a really boring life. And I'm like, and, and the, my answer to that is I always ask somebody, how old are you? And, and, and they look at me and say, I've got six heads. And I say to them, <laughs> well, if you're older than sort of 15, 16, 17, and you are now thinking about business and you have lived a life, you have got stuff that's happened. You've been to places, you've met people, you have traveled on a bus or you've been on a train, you've jumped in a taxi or you've you've been to a meeting or you've been in a coffee shop or you've been at a supermarket all of these places you can find stories in and you can find stories in everyday life you don't have to have a tragic situation you don't have to have a great big incident that happened to you you, you could deem yourself as the most boring person in the world. Give, give me half an hour with you and we will have stories for you. The, I remember one of my clients telling me that she thought she was boring and that she didn't have anything to, to talk about. And I couldn't place her accent when she started talking. And I was trying to figure out where her accent was from. And I asked her where she was from. She told me that she was from South Africa and she struggled through school and left South Africa when she was about 16, 17 to go traveling, met somebody in the UK, fell in love, got married. And I'm like, you're telling me you're boring? <laughs> it was, it, and she couldn't see it herself. She just couldn't, because to her, it was, that was just normal stuff. And yeah, that's just life. Yeah. Yeah, it's just life. And sometimes yeah. I think you have to, you have to somehow, remove yourself from it just being life and then sit back and go oh yeah remember that time when I was on the bus and he took the wrong turning there's a story yeah. you remember that time when you watched the kids playing in the puddles and one of them fell over there's a story you you remember that time when um your auntie told you that your your, your haircut was rubbish there's a story there's there's a story in just about everything but the key to it is understanding how you can take that situation and make it work for your business. Yeah, so true. And I think, but I think that's probably one of the reasons why kind of you and, you know, your business exists, because not everybody can almost kind of go, well, actually, there is a story in everything. So sometimes, you know, I've actually, as you were just kind of saying all of that, I feel like I've produced, I might not have spoken about them publicly, but I feel like I have a lot of stories just from producing this podcast because I get to talk to incredible people that all, you know, they bring something new. I, le I learn something in every single podcast that I record with a guest. And all of a sudden, like I might end the podcast and go out for a walk. And the more I think about it, or if I, you know, go and talk to my family afterwards I'll be like they said this and this and, and this and this and I've learned something and all of a sudden that is a story but it, it's about being conscious of it isn't it it is it is and I'm a huge believer that stories will pop into your head at the most inopportune time when you're so busy you're out and about you you, you don't have a spare minute to consciously think about it so yeah. I I'm I'm a massive fan of leaving yourself a text message leaving yourself a voice note, 
scribbling it down on the back of a piece of paper and sticking it in your handbag because when you come back to them you'll remember so when you come back to it you'll start to build on that oh that was an idea I had and why did I have that idea oh yeah I was there when that time and that's what happened so it's it's not necessarily about being conscious of it in the moment it's just having your eyes open to sort of be willing to think that you could turn your everyday life into a story that would help your business. Um, another example I'll give you is I remember jumping on a call with a client and she was a, she was a few minutes late. So she when she jumped on the call, she was really apologetic. And she, she went on to tell me that she'd managed to knock a whole pot of molten wax all over her workbench. And I was like, please tell me you photographed it or recorded it or she's like well I did take some photographs to show my husband what a dafty I'd been I'm like there's a story because you're human you're making candles to sell it's part of your behind the scenes process but you're normal and human like the rest of us and you make mistakes and yeah if you could if you could turn that into a learning you could turn that into educating you could you could tell people that it takes an hour and 20 minutes for wax to go hard so you have a period of time of which to clear up your mess and you you could and she was she was she was like oh I just thought I'd been in klutz I'm like yeah "Yeah, we're all we've all been klutzes but you (laughs) could use that in your business as a piece of education for your audience or you could use that in your business as a look at me I'm so silly let's have a let's have a laugh type of post and she was she was I think she was a little bit taken aback, but then she came very quickly came around to the idea of of being able to use what she thought was a problem and a mishap and turning it into a story for her business. But there is also kind of an element of vulnerability there, isn't it? Because you're, you know, one of the things you just said was you could kind of post it as a I'm a klutz and let's all have a laugh. But if somebody takes themselves quite seriously, that's that's an element of vulnerability and like people are going to laugh at me. So uh, that's that's really interesting that's a good good really good example and um one of the points I just wanted to touch on that you brought up earlier on because I had this conversation during uh, I did an Instagram live with Julia from the Independent Girls Collective and we kind of we were talking about comparison and vulnerability online and that kind of thing and I didn't even mean to but I was incredibly open and honest about how I had been for the last couple of weeks couple of months in comparing myself to somebody else all of that kind of stuff And we kind of got to the point where we were like, a lot of this stuff isn't talked about. And I said, but why, like, all of the stuff that we're all scared to talk about, I feel like is the stuff that we should all be talking about. Because it's like, British people, we don't like talking about money. Why the hell not? We've all got it, or haven't got it, or we all struggle with it. So why the crap not can we talk about it? Like... We're, we're all in the same boat but for some reason every single one of us refuses to tell somebody how much we've got how much we earn all of that kind of thing and I just wanted to touch on that point of kind of pushing yourself and you're absolutely right it has to be one of your own boundaries like that has to be a decision that you make but yeah. I do feel like as I don't know if it's a kind of a younger generation thing it's almost kind of that I'm not going to conform to society. I don't want to be told what I should and shouldn't do. And I'm like, I don't really give a crap if I talk about money. Like, you can form your own opinion. That's not mine. And it's just about, but it, it, it is a push because we've been we've been built to believe that we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. And so I just I just wanted to break like I wanted to raise that point because it is like all those things that you're you sit and go kind of go, oh. Should I post that? Is that too much? <laughs> Sometimes, some days it will be like, oh no, I can't do that. Like just back away, just delete it and get on with it. But there, are, I have saved posts on Instagram that I've written and gone, oh no, I can't do that. But I've still kept them because maybe one day I might post them. I am a massive advocate for hitting post, running away and then... <laughs> coming back an hour later and you'll you'll you will surprise yourself just as you said earlier on about the post that you put up about being extra vulnerable and it got lots of interaction and engagement yeah um, because what you're doing is you're tapping into how everybody's feeling 
you're not the only one feeling vulnerable. You're not the only one going, oh, I don't, I don't like this situation. I want to change it. Or you're not the only one going, this is pants. So the minute you actually put that opinion out into the world, you're giving permission for other people to do the same. And sometimes that's all somebody needs is yeah. that permission to do it. And and I, I talk a huge amount about grief and about how you are entitled to do grief on your own terms. And, and I feel really strongly about this because when, when my first husband died, I was 36 years old and I suddenly was a widow with a 12 year old daughter. And there was a, a society norm that I was supposed to conform to. I was meant to be sad. I was meant to mope around the place. I was yeah. meant to sort of keep myself to myself and, and just get my head down and look after my daughter. And I, and I, I consciously decided that, do you know what? That's not my personality. That's not what my, my late husband would have wanted for me. And, and I've, I've made a point of pushing the boundaries on grief um, in the last six years. And I, and I do it with a conscious effort because I don't want anybody else to feel like I did those first couple of months when I thought that I was just some poor widow that people had to pat on the back. And I was yeah. like, and I, and, and you, you've hit on something that really makes me passionate because so many people think you have to do things a certain way. Because, 100%. because they've been told that that's the right thing to do. And yeah. I question that every day. Who told you what was right and wrong? Who makes that rule? You do what's right for you. And, and I, I use it quite a lot with my clients when they get to that point where they think, oh, I can't say that. Oh, if I say that, somebody's going to judge me. And, and, and yeah. my, my first question back to them is always, and so what? What's going to yeah. happen? When somebody doesn't like your post, they that's their problem, not yours. When somebody, um, yeah, you, you, you can't control other people's reactions. You have to stand in your own truth. And it's, it's really difficult. It's really hard. But actually, the more you do it, the more you're able to hit publish without having that scared feeling. Um, and I'm, I'm just a huge advocate for being truthful to yourself. Um, and if that means you're going to upset somebody else, then that's okay. Because you can't control their emotions. You can only control yours. 100%. And I think like you saying, when you hit publish and run away and that kind of thing, I always try to think and try to remind myself of the Dr. Pepper slogan, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, what's the worst that could happen? So you know, if you do upset somebody, then as you just said, like that's, you're not in control of their emotions. That's kind of their problem. That's not your problem. But actually in a digital world, if half an hour, an hour later, you decide that actually, no, I don't want that to be out in the world. Just delete it. Yeah. And and we, we all have a delete button on every device. Um, <laughs> I have a very good friend who for, for many, many years, would would just sort of say to me and she would text me one word delete 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 <laughs> and whenever whenever anything came up that was controversial or if if there was that sort of person that was perhaps <laughs> being a little bit too much in your face she would just send me a sneaky text that said delete and and her message was really clear her message was you don't have to listen you don't have to watch you don't have to be party to that you can choose just to switch it off and it works both ways. If if you are putting things out into the world which are 100% you, so it's your truth, it's your values, it's your visions, it's your story, and if somebody else doesn't like it, that's not your problem. And they can hit the delete button if they want to. And it's, it's a confidence thing. It absolutely is a confidence thing. And you, I think you did touch on... There is an age thing here as well. I think as you yeah. get as you get older through life, your tolerance of other people and their problems 
and, and their judgment gets less because you realize that actually you're, you're important and you're more important than they are. So you, the balance tips a little bit. And I do, I remember being 18, 19, 20 and wanting to impress and wanting to be, when I was 18, 19 and 20, there, were, there was no internet. There was no mobile phones. There was no... Facebook. Oh, don't say that, Stacey. <laughs> Well, the funny fact is I did not get my first mobile phone until my daughter was a year old. Um, so she's 19 this year. So in terms of how life has moved on dramatically, I didn't have the same problems when I was coming through my sort of early 20s as as, as everybody does now because it just wasn't a thing. So it's it's about just realising that you you are in control of what you consume so therefore the audience member the person who's watching you the person who's reading your things they are in control of what they consume and if they don't like it it's their problem and it it, it is a confidence thing very much so and stories are are my way of connecting people without being sort of overtly sales so yeah. one thing i hate is just constantly seeing a sales post buy this buy this money off offer buy this because i don't know anything about that company i don't know anything about that person i probably know even less about the product because i don't really care because i don't see anything other than a sales post so i'm i'm a huge advocate of building the whole picture and that's what stories will do for your business. They will support your, your sales efforts, but they'll support it in a way that really highlights to people who you are, what you stand for, what your values are, and how you do business. And then every now and again, yeah, you're going to put a sales post in there. Of course you are, because you've got a product to sell. And that goes across any platform you want to talk about. But I think that the, the whole part of selling that, that we find a little bit icky and a little bit sleazy and a little bit sort of, oh, she's ramming that down my throat. It's because we don't get anything else but sales posts. So yes. I, I think that you have to balance your sales activity with your other activity. And that's where the stories come in. Your storytelling comes in in your other activity. And it's about getting a balance across it all. So you don't come across as just a salesperson. Couldn't agree more. Because I think the word sales almost kind of inflicts that psychological thought of car salesman and pushy, pushy, pushy. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just agreeing with you. It's it's We have this picture in our heads of the sleazy car salesman who follows you around the car showroom and jumps on you the minute <laughs> you open the car door to go and have a look and you can't get rid of them yeah. and you, you you try for an hour to get out of that showroom and every time you go to leave they throw something else in and they want to keep you talking and we, we hate it we, we hate that as humans yeah. um so you have to find a way in this online world of being different standing a little bit out from the crowd sticking your head up above the parapet and saying i'm different i'm a real human i've got a life i've got a family i've got i've got i've had this issue i've had that problem i i'm an advocate for this charity i work with this this these people you you can build a much bigger picture of who you are and why you're in business and that's automatically going to give you a much better connection with your audience so that when they do need the thing you are selling, then they think about you. And, and that's the whole purpose of any kind of social media is it is a shop window. It's that that way of saying to somebody in the world, look at me, this is what I've got. But so that when they think about the thing, they think of you. And that's what stories do, because if you can tell a good story, you're automatically going to be in somebody's head because they'll remember the story before they remember the product or the price 
or anything like that because you'll have told a story that hooks them in and they go ah yeah stacy was talking about that i'm going to check out what she's selling I, i'm sure she sells something about about telling stories but you're 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 linking the person and the story long before you get to that sales post yeah that's so true and i've written down so much from that just from that um because i think one point and then one question from pre the previous thing that you said is that by how do i word this so basically with the with the the thought that we don't like car salesmen we don't want to be that pushy pushy actually story storytelling and coming up with those stories and maybe being a little bit vulnerable actually will make your life easier as a business owner because you have those experience you're not you're not making something up you're just literally putting it in writing or putting it in a video you've you've already kind of got the content in your head and in your life stories um so actually it would make your life a hell of a lot easier and then secondly a question Stacey is that um when we talk when we kind of touched on the age thing so obviously as kind of in the the marketing world we talk a lot about ideal clients and target customers and all of that kind of stuff and you know you mentioned that you didn't have your first mobile phone until your daughter was one do you find that people like your clients will struggle to come up with stories that can kind of relate to their target audience when it's almost kind of it's easier for a story to relate to somebody their own age so like for example something that I've probably gone through with the fact that you know I probably had my first phone at I don't know 14 or 15 or something whereas you wouldn't relate to that because you had yours when your daughter was one not when you were 14 and do you you kind of find is there kind of a common theme with clients and people that you talk to that they almost kind of struggle to come up with stories that relate more to their ideal clients, not people of a similar age with similar experiences? The simple answer is yes. And the 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 more expanded answer is it's all about what you are trying to do with your story and what emotion are you linking into? So I always explain to my clients that, yeah, you might not relate on a on a personal friendship, let's go out for a meal level with your ideal client because they wouldn't naturally be your, your friend. They wouldn't be the type of person that you would want to hang out with. But you could probably guarantee that your ideal client has the pain points that you know that you can fix. So it's it's about taking, I always say to my clients, start with the end in mind. So what is the purpose of you writing that story? How are you going to connect to your ideal client with what you want to say? Is it the pain point? Is it an experience? Is it a time of life? Is it a, a, a particular product or, or an event or a time of the year or something like that? What What is the thing you are connecting with? And then build the story backwards because whatever we do on social media or in traditional media or blogs or vlogs or anything like that, it's got to have a purpose. And the purpose is taking that potential client one step closer. So the, the experiences might be different, but the emotions are probably the same. The, the lived experience will be totally different between you and I, but we probably have all got, we've both gone through the feeling rubbish or having a bad day or wanting to just hide ourselves under the duvet and not bother with work today because we're, 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 that doesn't matter what age we are. And it's, it's around the emotions. So I always say to clients, yes, you might not be able to take this person out for a drink and enjoy a laugh as a pal, but you probably will be able to connect with them on an emotional feeling. And it just takes everything back to those emotions. Yeah, that makes total sense. So I think just because I'm a little bit conscious of time, I think just to play devil's advocate a little bit, obviously we've we've kind of gone into the fact that it is, you've just covered it there. The, the crux of it is about tapping into your ideal client's emotions so for anybody that's listening that might feel a bit like 
it feels a bit overwhelming because I want to tell this story, but I don't know what the emotion is or I don't know what the ideal client's emotion, what their their pain is. How would you, what would be your number one tip for um, anybody that's listening that can help them kind of understand what that emotion is that they then need to go and kind of talk to? I think it comes down to putting yourself into their shoes as best you can. So I, I'm... I, there's client avatar forms and templates and you could work through a million and one different client, ideal client proposals and all of that type of stuff. But actually just take a seat, close your eyes and just think about what's this person feeling right now? Are they, are they feeling a little bit sad because they can't do something? Or does that make them feel frustrated or do they feel lonely? What, it's it's around just taking the time, I think. So I always ask my my clients to sort of tell me about this, the 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 fix they can do, the product they sell, the service they offer, and then sort of take it back. So okay, who needs that? Who needs the fact that you make candles? And and it's like, well, it's it's the stressed out mum who wants to put her feet up in of an evening. Okay, how's that mum feeling? How, how does she feel when she gets home at the end of a busy day? She feels tired, she feels knackered, but she's still got to cook the tea. And so what does your candle tap into? Or it taps into a bit of um, release. It taps into a little bit of me time. It gives that feeling of indulgence that I'm allowed to have a little bit of something nice while I'm I'm making the kids tea. So it's, it's, it's about, it goes to like really boring role play and I hate using that word but if you can actually somehow just close your eyes and think about what that person is going through feeling and we, we, we've all come across the two-year-old that goes yes but why mummy and then <laughs> mummy gives them an answer and then it's another yes but why mummy what why and I, I remember my niece saying to me but why is the grass green and I'm trying to think well well that's because that's how it grows. But why does it grow green and not pink? I'm like, because it's got a chemical inside it called chlorophyll. Yes, but why does that chemical make it green? <laughs> so if you could play that exercise with your with your ideal client's pain point, why do they feel like that? Why do they have that emotion? Why are they not changing it for themselves? Why will your product help them? So the word why is a really useful tool. So a bit longer than a quick tip, but hopefully that helps. No, that's really good, actually, because I feel like there's a couple of, I've taken a couple of things away from that, even because I, you know, I'm, I've really got into reading books and I'm, I'm reading a book at the minute, which I think is called, I have not got it next to me, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, I think. And it talks about questioning everything, all of the kind of the societal rules and all of that kind of stuff. And I've literally got into the habit of if I write, if I think something and I'm like, but why do I think that? And I question it myself about everything that I think, you know, if I think that I shouldn't post that thing on Instagram, why is that? What And what's, what's the real deep thing? So actually to sit and do that and try and put yourself in somebody else's shoes actually kind of makes a lot of sense to me personally I hope it does to to anybody that's listening yeah that was that's that is actually really 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 good really good way to kind of kind of take a step back because I actually agree with you on the ideal client thing there are so many worksheets and workbooks and and they all kind of seem to say the same thing and one of the first episodes that I did was about how I don't I don't really agree with them because it's one thing to kind of say you know my ideal target is is female and they're this age and they live here that's great but what do they feel because it doesn't matter if that they they live in a city center if they don't have that feeling because that's not what I'm going to connect to and I guess the only other thing that I picked up on and correct me if I'm wrong is about kind of that fear a lot of the time you know we talk about pain points and it almost kind of comes off as like a negative connotation so I guess for me, one of the biggest takeaways from what you just said is very much, yes, kind of pick up on their pain points, but almost try and flip it. Because I feel like, you know, if we were to show up on social every day talking about negative things, then 
people are going to have a perception that we're negative. Am I right in saying that? So it's almost kind of flipping it so that this is how I can fix that problem for you or help you with that problem. Yeah, the, the, there's I, I train people through four types of stories. Um, and one of them would be your sort of low points, your pain points, your sad times. But I always caveat that with, but you must counter it with a transformation story. You must counter it with a, here's how I change things. You have to counter it with the positives. Um, and you're dead right. When you think about um, the pain somebody's in, it's it's valid and it's important that you should acknowledge that and talk to that pain point. But actually yeah. the more powerful thing is to show them how that could change, is to show them the transformation, is to give them the, the glimmer of light that you can fix their problem because you've done it for somebody else. So whilst, yes, talk to pain points, but you, I find that you then have to balance that very consciously with the positive, the transformation, the this is how I can fix you type of post as well. So you're dead right. If all we did was talk about the, the pain, life would be a very, very sad place. But <laughs> it's, it's around having a really good balance and, and being acknowledging the fact that, yes, the pain's there. So you're not just sweeping it under the carpet. But what you're doing is saying, whilst I acknowledge that that's there, here's, here's, here's a solution. Here's a fix. Here's an answer. Here's a transformation that another client had. So you're giving them the opportunity to see the way out. 100%. That's so good. I think if you're happy, that's the perfect place to kind of round up. I honestly has been one of my favourite podcast episodes to record. I feel like I've learned a lot. I sure as hell hope that anybody listening has. Um, and so before we sign off, Stacey, if you would like to tell people if they want to learn more about storytelling, if they would like your help in creating their stories, where can they find you? What, you know, what do you sell? What do you do? All of that kind of thing. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I am over on Instagram and Facebook with my alter ego, who is the modern storyteller. So both of my handles are the modern storyteller. I um, I have a, a membership, a storytelling membership, which you can join and you just get the, the ongoing support for telling stories on social media and writing all that type of thing. And yeah, there's a couple of other ways you can work with me one on one. Um, but the easiest way to find me would be um, over on Instagram as at The Modern Storyteller or my website is um, www.themodernstoryteller.co.uk. And that's where I hang out most of the time. And I'd love to see you over there. Honestly, I would highly recommend Stacey. I think we've spoken so much on Instagram and I just absolutely love everything you do. So thank you so, so, so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. And I can't wait for other people to hear this episode. It's been great. Thank you so much for asking me to come and do this. Cool. I'll talk to you really, really soon. Take care. Thanks. Thanks.